They are the biggest underdogs in wildcard weekend history. And that is indicative of this fact. And you're going to say, oh, Nick, you're being hyperbolic again. But just listen to me here. This is the single biggest mismatch in wildcard weekend history. Not just because of the point spread, but because previously, up until last year, a team such as the Steelers would not be in the playoffs as the seventh seed. And a team such as the Chiefs, a top two seed, would not be playing wildcard weekend. So it is not over the top to say it's the biggest mismatch in wildcard weekend history. It is not over the top to, to say what Big Ben just said, that they have no chance. And I said better than a bye yesterday. And the only real pushback I got, Broussard, was, oh, what about injuries? You don't get hurt on the bye. And I thought about that, and I was like, you know what? You know what? That's a fair point. And that's why, Broussard, if I were Andy Reid, I would consider resting Travis Kelsey and Tyree Kill this week. We haven't discussed it, but I think, um, you know, I would assume as a group you understand that, you know, we probably aren't supposed to be here. We're probably not a very good football team. We're the, out of 14 teams I think are in, we're probably number 14. Um, we're a double-digit underdog in the playoffs. So let's just go play and have fun and see what happens. Uh, yeah, I mean, we're probably 20-point underdogs, and we're going to the number one, te- the number one team that's, I know they're not the number one team, but they're the number one team that's won the AFC the last two years. Um, arguably the best team in football, um, we don't have a chance. So let's just go in and play and have fun. Hey, boys, honestly, nobody expects shit from us. No? We're dying, what, we're going to lose 30, 40 points? Right. It was double digits, and then it was 20, he said, in the same answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, he was getting. if they would have asked him one more time, that thing's probably 25, 30. Yeah. Uh-huh. Hey, we're, we're supposed to get our asses beat out there. I love a good self-handicap in Ben Rawls. <laughs> Thank you, Savage. I love it's that. scary. It's a scary team, isn't it? A team that's playing with nothing to lose. It's like they tell you when you're a kid, don't ever fight somebody with nothing to lose. They'll, they'll take you to the death. <laughs> yeah, because, you know, they don't care is what it seems like. They know they shouldn't be there. It's house money. How you doing? Keep it moving. They're in the playoffs. The Colts aren't. is the come on network podcast come on network it's on the come up for sure the best pittsburgh based podcast available is that so if you're committed enough you can make any story work i I once convinced a woman that i was kevin costner and it worked because i believed it Bringing you the latest in Pittsburgh and national sports and entertainment with guests and a plethora of co-hosts. Can we get a come on? Come on. 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 This is where the fun begins. FNA Cotton. FNA. Another week of Steelers football as we work through the week leading to Super Wild Card Weekend in the National Football League. 
12 teams, six games, six of the final 13 NFL games of the season over three days, including the one that matters most to fans here in Western Pennsylvania and some around the globe. It's the number two seeded and two-time defending AFC champion Kansas City Chiefs hosting the final team in in the AFC the seven-seeded and our Pittsburgh Steelers. It's time once again for a Come On Network podcast Steelers preview, and it's episode 104 of the pod. Let's do it. Subscribe, rate, and review the podcast. We're available on multiple pod platforms, including Apple, Spotify, Google, Anchor, and more. And everyone can find us there, as well as follow us on social media, on Twitter and Instagram, at Come On Network. Kyle Dawson, Donnie Chedrick, Joe Smeltzer, and Jack Hillgrove with you for Come On Network 104. Gentlemen, we begin by discussing this game's keys as they pertain to victory for both sides before naming our X-Factors, making our selections for a game that, frankly, not many outside of the Steelers fan base are expecting to be much of a game at all. And that's probably thanks in large part to the Chiefs' 36-10 rubbing of the Steelers less than a month ago in Week 16. But at least some things have changed on both sides of the ball, and it's the playoffs. Everyone is 0-0 in the NFL as we head into Super Wild Card Weekend and the chase for the Lombardi Trophy is on, boys. Yeah, in our lifetimes, uh, I don't think there's ever been a playoff game where the Steelers have had so little to lose. In fact, I'm pretty confident in saying that there never has been. That's both bad and good. Bad because it means the Steelers are playing a superior opponent and have a lot going against them, but good because we aren't expecting anything and the pressure's off. That's the beauty of it. If the Steelers can somehow beat the Kansas City Chiefs, we'll be delighted. If they lose, well, they'll be losing to the two-time defending AFC champions in a tough environment, so no shame in that. The Steelers weren't supposed to make it to the playoffs, but here they are, and whatever happens, it's been a much more entertaining season than what we thought it was going to be at times in 2021, so let's have some fun and hope for the best. My key to this game is finishing possessions. I love Chris Boswell. He's one of the most valuable players on this Steelers team and one of the best in the NFL in his role. But I don't want to see him kicking three or four field goals unless there's some touchdowns mixed in there. Because the offense can't do anything in the red zone. The last time these teams played in the playoffs, Boswell made six field goals and the Steelers won. That won't work again against Patrick Mahomes unless there's some TDs thrown in there. The Steelers are going to win this game. They need to put the ball in the end zone. I think uh, I think that's pretty obvious and something all we can we can all agree with. So my key is have Boswell on the field for point after tries more often than for field goal attempts. Yeah, I'm going to quote the late great Bozo the Clowns whenever he said, I'm not even supposed to be here. Uh, that's pretty much what the, the Steelers' mindset has had to be all week. Uh, honestly, they're, they're playing with house money. Um, you know, what Ben Roethlisberger said the other day, you know, sarcasm aside, uh, these guys got to let it loose. They got to let it all hang out. Uh, and I think playing that way could benefit them, uh, by the time the game is over. I'm not saying the Steelers are going to win this game, but it's certainly not going to look like it did, uh, in mid December in week 16, it's not going to be a 36 to 10 drubbing uh from kansas city chiefs uh these guys really just have to go out there uh and have fun like big ben said Uh, i I know the the saying is a team with nothing to lose is the most dangerous one that has to be true 
on Sunday night. The Chiefs are the team right now feeling all the pressure. They are the two-time defending AFC champions. The Steelers are a team that they shouldn't be here. Uh, they could not have gotten more lucky on Sunday. They, they get the win in Baltimore. Now, they earned that win, a very hard-fought win. The Jacksonville Jaguars play the best game of the season, and they look like a real NFL team. They blow out the Indianapolis Colts. And then the uh, Las Vegas Raiders get the job done in overtime. They cut it close. Uh, they almost did tie that game against the Chargers, but they got the victory in the end. We can also thank analytics expert Brandon Staley for calling a timeout late when he didn't need to. Uh, but they got in, and that's all that matters. So I don't think there's any pressure on the Steelers' side. There's no expectation on the Steelers' side. Sure, we don't want to see Ben Roethlisberger end his career by getting blown out, but I don't think that's going to happen. And I think come Monday morning or late Sunday night, we're going to be able to be satisfied with what we got, whether that's a shocking win or what I expect, which will likely be a, a close loss. But I think the Steelers play them tough. Uh, now, getting to my, my key to the game, uh, they have to force turnovers. That's really uh, cut and dry for me because the last time out, they lost the turnover battle big time. Uh, as you said, Kyle, there have been some changes on both sides of the football. They have to make splash plays. Uh, they have to make it happen pretty often, too. You have to keep the Kansas City Chiefs offense off the field. Uh, the old adage that the best defense is a good offense. Keep Patrick Mahomes on the sideline, and it will continue to increase your chances to win the football game. Yeah, as far as summarizing the fact that the Steelers shouldn't even be in this position and the whole um, argument of they have nothing to lose and that makes them dangerous, I think you guys have kind of hit on that. So I'll jump right into my keys. And it kind of builds off of what you said, Donnie. This defense needs to do something that it hasn't done all year since week one in my eyes and has shut down a completely potent offense. Um, I thought we were all completely in awe watching that week one performance against Buffalo uh, back in the middle of September and have them just completely neutralize Josh Allen and company. They need to replicate that performance and then some. And I think they're in a better position to do so against the Chiefs this time around versus the last time they played them because since Joe Hayden's been back in the swing of things, the secondaries become a little bit more fluid. And the defensive, other than the pass rush, rather, uh, TJ Watt had to exit that game. He only had one tackle. So if he can play like he has for the last couple of weeks and, you know, that four sack performance against Cleveland comes to mind, another performance like that needs to happen. Absolutely needs to happen for the Steelers defensively. I think Alex Highsmith needs to get involved as well. He had a sack against the Chiefs uh, a couple of weeks ago. He's got to do it again. And Cam Hayward needs to anchor that defensive line and everybody that is on the field, whoever it is, the 11 guys in the field on the time for the uh, Steelers on defense need to play better than they have all season long. They got to get after Mahomes. They have to force several turnovers. Uh, well, maybe not several. Two might get the job done if you're sticking to the uh, dictionary definition of what several means. But that, that's the key here because the Steelers offense scored 10 points in a tough environment against the Chiefs on the 26th of December. I bet you they'll score a little bit more, but it's not going to be a lot more. I have a hard time seeing the Steelers get to 20 on this one in a primetime playoff game in Arrowhead Stadium in a tough environment. But if they want to win this game and keep it close, the defense has to come through. You got to get Mahomes off of his game. 
You got to turn them over and you need to neutralize Travis Kelsey, which we haven't talked about yet. Kyle, I don't know if you're going to get to that point or not, but he wasn't on the field the last time uh, the Steelers played the Chiefs. That's a big problem, especially when Devin Bush is awful and Robert Spillane hasn't been uh, that great either. And Joe Schobert has, you know, not performed maybe to the level that Steelers fans thought he was going to when they acquired him. But all that being said, I've seen a lot of people on Twitter this week, fanboys and fangirls using the argument, oh, any given Sunday, anything can happen. Look what the Jaguars did to the Colts last week. The Colts, I didn't think were a very good football team this year. And this is a playoff game. And you're going up against a team that's won a Super Bowl in the last three years, a team that's made it out of the AFC the last two years, a very veteran head coach, and arguably the best, definitely a top three quarterback in all of football on the road. I think the Steelers have a decent shot of keeping this one close, but anybody that thinks the Steelers have a chance to win this game in the slightest, I think is dead wrong. I It pains me to say that, but the Chiefs are just far and away the better team. They, As in recent years, they had the better coach. They definitely have the better quarterback and they're more talented on offense, far and away more talented on offense than the Steelers are. And those three things really add up to me for another Chiefs victory. But it's going to take a lot, a lot of defensive power turnovers and the offense needs to kick it into gear a little bit better if they want to have a chance. A lot needs to go the right way for the Steelers to win this game. Well, the good news is, is the odds makers are giving the Steelers about a 20% chance to win this game. So that's better than nothing. Uh, like most people in the national media and in the national scene are discussing, like Jack even kind of said right there, uh, the Steelers definitely have more than a 20% chance in my mind to win this football game. I don't know that I'd put it over 50. Uh, and as of right now, at least before we do the segment, I'm not picking the Steelers, but uh, this Kansas City Chiefs team is not I don't think as good as their 12 and five record says. I know what they've been in the postseason. Patrick Mahomes is six and zero in the playoffs against quarterbacks not named Tom Brady. He's zero and two against Tom Brady. Uh, the Chiefs are, are on a roll defensively. They've allowed 10 points or fewer in five consecutive home games. That's the longest streak in team history. Uh, Mahomes in the playoffs has been great uh, outside of the Super Bowl last year, and, and that wasn't really his fault uh, for the large part of it. Uh, but 15 pass touchdowns, no interceptions, and six career home playoff starts, which is the best postseason pass TD to interception ratio at home in NFL history uh, with a minimum of 150 attempts. Uh, that said, and I'm not saying this is going to happen, don't mince my words here if you're listening, but Ben Roethlisberger in his last two playoff games has thrown for at least 450 yards and four touchdowns. That is not going to happen again, uh, but I'm just putting it out there as a kind of a fact and figure. Um, that, yeah, there, there's nobody really giving the Steelers a chance, which I think is a good thing for, for the Steelers. Uh, Joe mentioned earlier it could be a good thing, it could be a bad thing. Um, I think it, I think, and you heard AJ Hawk say it from the Pat McAfee show uh, before our intro rolled earlier. Uh, but a dangerous team uh, is a team that has nothing to lose, and I'm, I'm not saying that that's the reason the Steelers can win this game. Uh, but I like the vibe I'm getting out of the Steelers camp this week, and that's guys like Cam Hayward and Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and everyone else who has spoken, Deontay Johnson, I thought maybe took it a hair too far by saying not to come back on the bandwagon if they win. Um, 
but but the no nothing to lose the house money the we're not supposed to be here vibe that I'm getting from the Steelers camp I think is a good thing because I, I think that lets them play a little bit more freely on Sunday night against this Kansas City Chiefs team and to act like and I'm going to steal from Deontay Johnson again but to act like this team can't go in with a better plan and can't go into Kansas City and execute better than it did a couple of weeks ago I think is just a stupid take and I think is not understanding what the National Football League is and what the Steelers coaching staff even if you want to knock on the coordinators and some of the assistants uh, not what what we should expect from this Steelers team uh, I would expect it to be a lot closer. I would not expect it to get to 30 not to nothing uh, in the first half or 23, nothing, whatever it was in the first half before it got even uglier and ended up at 36 to 10 in week 16. But I mentioned earlier, and I'll get into my key here uh, just in a moment, but the, the changes that are on both sides, Jack mentioned Travis Kelsey is back. Uh, Tyreek Hill was a little dinged up in that game. He only played, I think, about 40% of the snaps and had two catches in that win against Pittsburgh. It was other guys like uh, the Pringle can of chips uh, that were making an impact in that first matchup between these two teams this year. Uh, but the Steelers get back some big pieces on the defensive side of the ball and one on the offensive side of the ball as well. Pat Fryermuth did not play in the week 16 matchup with Kansas city, nor did Chris warmly and TJ Watt was playing with a cracked rib. Apparently uh, only had one tackle as Jack mentioned, and he was not in there for most of the snaps. I think he played 20 to 40% of the snaps as well. Uh, so having a healthy TJ Watt back is great. Having a healthy Chris warmly, I think is impactful for the Steelers. Uh, you've got to get to Patrick Mahomes. That's key. Number one. And I said that going into the week 16 game, it didn't really happen. Hayward and Highsmith both had a sack, but you've got to get to him. You've got to play contain on the outside. Mahomes has been able to evade outside pass rushers for the bulk of his career. Even if he's just running around, if you can force him to do that and TJ Watt is going to go up against uh, Wiley, who's the third right tackle for the Kansas city chiefs, the one who started in the super bowl last year and was awful in that super bowl against Tampa Bay. Uh, if you can get to Patrick Mahomes and force him into a couple of mistakes, I think that you've got a real chance here if the offense can do a little bit more than it's done, especially in the first halves of games over the bulk of the last two months. I think the Steelers, the other key is on the offensive side of the ball, you've got to get going faster and get going early. You've got to deal uh, a knockout, not a knockout blow, but you've got to deal a big right or left hook early in the football game and I think that's scoring on your first drive or scoring in the first quarter and being around the game and in the game at halftime in order to make the second half entertaining and to have your defense step up in big spots when it's a closer game the defense plays better even if it is going to get gashed by the run a little bit and I believe Clyde Edwards Alaire did not practice today as we record this on Thursday so his status is uncertain for the game on Sunday night as well but get to Patrick Mahomes force some mistakes on the defensive side of the ball, and that offense has to get going earlier uh, if it expects to uh, make an impact. And the Steelers might get Juju Smith-Schuster back on Sunday. It doesn't sound too, too optimistic from Steelers camp that Juju will be back, but I think that could be a big important factor in this game as well for that offense. It takes some of the targets away from Ray Ray McLeod and puts him into the hands of a guy. I think Donnie tweeted it earlier that that can help you extend some drives and sustain some drives, which Donnie's point about that is very valid. Uh, as well so with that said we've got our keys out of the way uh, I think there are a bunch of matchups in this game a bunch of players that are going to have to step up on both sides of the ball in order for one of these teams to get to the divisional round but uh, we'll leave it to our x-factor selections guys my x-factor is going to be Najee Harris 
Uh, we're recording this Thursday night. Mike Tomlin said Thursday afternoon that how Harris feels and looks in Friday practice will determine his availability for Friday, uh, for Sunday. Excuse me. Uh, for right now, there's no reason to believe that Harris won't play, but the fact that it's even a little bit iffy is a reason to be concerned because if Najee can't go and go full throttle, the Steelers don't have a chance, and of course there's always a chance that you have the Le'Veon Bell 2016 AFC title game situation where Najee uh, takes a few carries and then uh, that's it for the remainder of the game and the Steelers lose. Uh, so if Najee Harris can't run the football well and the Steelers can't run the football well, uh, you saw what the offense looked like uh, when Najee was out against the Ravens, uh, and that's what it would look like for four quarters if Najee can't go against the Chiefs. I think he will be able to go, but he needs to be 100% and perform at least close to the numbers he had against the Chiefs first the first time out, which I believe were 93 yards on 19 carries. So he's big. His presence is big. I'm going to go with one guy on offense and one guy on defense. Defensively, uh, you got to go with the best player in this case, TJ Watt, the NFL sack champion. He's going to be facing Andrew Wiley, who, as Kyle said, the, the third the third right tackle for the Chiefs, the one who started in the Super Bowl, and is a big reason why Patrick Mahomes was running for his life for 60 minutes in said Super Bowl as the Chiefs proceeded to get blown out by Tampa Bay. T.J. Watt has to kick this guy's ass Sunday because he has to get after Patrick Mahomes every single time he's on the football field, every single time he drops back to pass. T.J. Watt has to be coming after him. Uh, again, he's going to be a reason – if the Steelers can force turnovers, a lot of that's going to go through T.J. Watt. Offensively, uh, I'm going to go with J.C. Hassenauer. I know it's kind of funny to go with the center on the offensive line, but he did not play in the last meeting. It was Kendrick Green, who, with all of the bad that we saw from Kendrick Green this year, that might have been his worst uh, against Chris Jones and the, the Kansas City Chiefs defense. He was getting blown off the ball so badly that there were times that Big Ben didn't even have the football in his hands and he was already getting hit. Uh, Hassenauer has been better, significantly better than what Green has been uh, in just a few games this year, and it makes you wonder why wasn't this guy starting all along. Uh, maybe it's a fluke. Maybe it's not. We'll have a better idea Sunday night who should have been that man in the middle on the offensive line for the last 18 weeks. Yeah, I think Joe brings up a great point with Najee Harris as his X-Factor. I think he's the Steelers' X-Factor for sure. He had 90 uh, rushing yards in this game a couple of weeks ago against this Kansas City defense. And if that elbow is something that he can deal with um, and definitely not severely re-injure, I think he could definitely go. Uh, and what's a great point about that, too, is that it's not something that can't keep him from running, which makes you as a Steelers fan optimistic that he will be able to play. And if he can play and put together a good performance, that's solid. But I think the X factor on this game completely uh, is Travis Kelsey. You look at uh, what Travis Kelsey has done this season, nine touchdowns, just over 1,200 yards receiving, 92 receptions. That's elementary for him. I'm not. I'm sorry, 1,100 yards receiving. Um, numbers like that are elementary for this guy at this point in his career. He's very good. And I thought the Steelers obviously had very uh, underwhelming and poor inside linebacker play this season. And if you look at some teams that also had poor inside linebacking play this year, I think the Chargers come to mind. He torched the Chargers this year. And more recently, 
uh, in the Thursday night game uh, towards the end of the season, 191 receiving yards, two touchdowns. Uh, the Raiders, 119 yards, another 100-yard game against the Chargers. Uh, Baltimore early in the season, 100 yards. This guy's used to going up against good defenses and good at capitalizing on teams' weaknesses. And I think not having him last game worked to the Steelers' advantage. Um, but obviously they were able to find other weapons and still beat the Steelers the way that they did. Uh, I think if they can neutralize Travis Kelsey in the secondary, can kind of elevate itself a little bit more this week to how they've played the last couple. I think that gives the Steelers a better chance. And like I said in my opening spiel, this a lot needs to go right for the Steelers to win this game. And it's across the board. And that, to me, dives into the special teams play as well. And call me crazy, but I think another huge X factor for the Steelers in this game is who's going to be punting the football. Corliss Waitman punted it twice against the Chiefs and had a long of 63 yards and has punted significantly better than we've seen, I think, all season long from Presley Harvin. And obviously, I'm sure that a lot is weighing on the young man's mind and the thoughts and prayers go out to his mental well-being for what he's had to deal with the last couple of weeks. But at the end of the day, you got to give your team the best shot to win. And I think having Corliss Waitman active and punting for the Steelers on Sunday gives you a better chance to pin Kansas City deep enough in their own territory when you have to punt the football, because that's going to bode well for the Steelers and everything needs to go right for the Steelers. And to me, that fits in that category. I think Waitman gives you a better chance. I thought Harvin was really, really bad against the Ravens, especially his first couple of punts. We are complaining about that watching the game together on multiple occasions. And I don't think it is, you might say, oh, it's just the punter. But I think in a playoff game, in a game where I think the Steelers might be punting it a little bit more than normal, having a good guy back there makes a lot of difference. And I think Waitman gives you the better chance to pin them deep than Presley Harvin does. For starters, I would agree with that. Um, but I just don't know that if Mike Tomlin and, and his staff are going to go to Waitman instead of Harvin, but the 61 yard punt in Kansas city was about three combined for Harvin last week in Baltimore. Yeah, They, they so. definitely won't go to Waitman, but <laughs> you're right should. though. I wish, I wish they would. Um, but I, I think for me, it's, it's the front seven for the Steelers uh, defensive side of the football. If they're able to contain the run, I know that's asking a lot of this team over the last couple of months uh, in this season since that Detroit tie, uh, but they were able to do it, I guess, relatively well in the game against Kansas City in week 16. I think that was in large part because Kansas City stopped really trying after it was 30 to nothing and they had a bunch of short fields and uh, they did get gashed a couple of times and overall it was 35 for 127 for the Chiefs as a team, uh, which was about 3.6 a carry. So that's not terrible. Uh, from the Steelers run defense. And I think you need more of the same uh, when, when it comes to that. And I think some of those guys are going to have to be able to, if you're going to get to Patrick Mahomes, that front seven is key as well. The linebackers need to give the edge rushers and the defensive line up front time to get to Patrick Mahomes by covering the guys in the slot and covering Travis Kelsey, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, if that is to happen, the Steelers defense, I think, can at least have a shred of success. And when they do allow 24 points or fewer this year, the team is 8-0-1. So if they're able to do that, I think that the offense picking it up a little bit uh, gives them a bit, little bit better of a chance to win on Sunday night. Uh, offensively, I think it's Ben Roethlisberger, and he's got to be better than he's been in quarters one to three 
for the last two months, and he's got to turn it on before the fourth quarter. I think he's got to get his receivers involved. Uh, if and when Juju is able to return, he needs to get Juju some targets and uh, let that guy go to work. He needs to get Deontay Johnson the ball in space. He needs to turn and hand it off to Najee Harris well and get him some catches on checkdowns to let him work out of space. Uh, he needs to not turn over the football. He needs to find Chase Claypool. Uh, Zach Gentry, Pat Fryermuth, whoever it is, uh, Ray Ray McLeod. Uh, if you're able to find guys and push this offense and sustain some drives like Donnie talked about earlier, and that starts with number seven, uh, then I think that the offense can do a little bit of damage, at least more than the 10 points that Kansas City, I mentioned, is allowed in each of its last or 10 points or fewer than each of its last five home games, which is a team record. Uh, so if, if the Steelers offense can get going, I think your X factor is Ben Roethlisberger. Uh, and obviously Najee Harris, good point by Joe, is a big one as well if he is able to go at 100% or at least at a fraction of 100%, uh, which is going to be very important for the Steelers because if it's got to be Ben Snell uh, toting the rock 20 times, I don't think that you have a chance to win this football game. Uh, so we'll see about that. All right, that said, 12 and a half points is the line right now. I think that's where it opened up at. It went down somewhere towards 11 and a half. It's back up to 12 and a half. So the Chiefs are favored by 12 and a half at home. They are minus 700 on the money line, so you are not getting any value there. Uh, the Steelers, though, have some value if you're that crazy, plus 500 on the money line. The total is 46 and a half. I know that Mike Florio has picked the Steelers. I know that uh, Jerry Dulac has picked the Steelers. I don't know if those are eff it, you know, we're picking it to pick it, uh, or if those are legitimate picks from those guys, but uh, we'll see over the next couple of days. And as you listen to this podcast, if any of us are going to the Steelers, I venture to say we're not. Uh, but I think Andrew Filipponi and Chris Mack have summed it up pretty well on 93.7, the fan as well. I think a lot of people, uh, non-fanboy, non-Steeler fan, just wants to believe that the Steelers are going to win this football game. I think are in the same camp. Close game, cover the 12 and a half, somewhere in there. They're going to be within two scores and maybe keep it interesting for a while before maybe ultimately losing this game and just we can't drive ourselves uh, to pick the Steelers in this one. Yeah, I'm going to say that those were uh, effort, why not picks uh, from Dulac and Furio. Uh, the Steelers do have some things going for them. Anything can happen in the NFL, especially this year. That's true. Uh, they have nothing to lose. A team with nothing to lose is dangerous. That's true. Andy Reid's playoff history, with the exception of 2020, has been spotty. That's also true. But at the end of the day, a lot has changed in three weeks but not enough to make me believe that there's going to be a drastically different result from the first time these teams met. And by the way, I'm sure there's Steeler fans out there that are, A, stupid enough to believe that anything Nick Wright says will have an impact on what happens on the field, or B, trying to convince themselves that anything Nick Wright says will have an impact of what happens on the field. But what Nick Wright says is irrelevant to what's going to happen on the field Sunday. Um... But going back to the main point, it's not going to be 36-10 again. I think the Steelers are going to contend for a half, maybe into the fourth quarter. But at the end of the day, it's a mediocre football team on the road against a battle-tested, now perennial Super Bowl contender. I just don't see it. The Steelers aren't supposed to be in the playoffs. Again, paraphrasing Bozo the Clown. And we're all delighted that they are in the playoffs, but sadly... It's going to be a short stay. I'll go Chiefs 30, Steelers 21. 
Yeah, I think the Steelers are going to be in this game uh, for a while, maybe even up until the end. I do not think they're going to win this one. Uh, I'm, I'm not going to, to go out there and say that they're going to pull off the what would be the biggest upset in wildcard weekend history. Uh, no double-digit road underdog has ever won on wildcard weekend. Uh, the Steelers are going to make it interesting, maybe even very interesting at times. Uh, but I don't think they will pull it off. I'm going to go Kansas City 27, Pittsburgh 21, uh, maybe even a shot uh, with the football in the final few moments, uh, but they just can't pull it off. But people will have their eyeballs on this game thinking, can the Steelers actually do this instead of last time when it got shifted off national TV midway through the fourth quarter? Another key we failed to mention, and I think this goes without saying, the Steelers absolutely need to score a touchdown in the first half. That was something they didn't do against the Ravens, and that's something that they haven't done on multiple occasions this season, but I think that's something that's worth noting. Um, look, this this is a tough one. Um, I want to pick the Steelers to win just to do it because you can't count Big Ben out in the playoffs, and a dangerous team is a team that has nothing to lose, but I can't do it. And I want to pick the Steelers to cover because I think 12 and a half points in the playoffs, no matter who's going up against two is a lot because, Oh, any given Sunday, anything can happen. I'm not going to pick the Steelers to cover either. Well, I think the Steelers will score more points than they did against Kansas city the first time. And I think the chiefs will score less points than they did against the Steelers the first time as well. But I think this one, I can see it now. Maybe the Steelers getting their butts kicked in the first half a little bit. The scoreboard might not show it, but the offense might not be able to get anything going, and the Chiefs might just be moving it down the field. I can see it about halfway through the third quarter and into the early stages of the fourth, this being a one-possession game, maybe 10-point game, and the Steelers have the ball. But I think this is this is one for me that's just going to crush hearts of Steelers fans everywhere because it'll be the last time we watch Big Ben play a game for the black and gold, and this is going to crush Big Ben betters in this one as well. I think this one, to me, has the Chiefs up six with like seven, six minutes left, and they score a touchdown. And if and, and the spread might change, but I'm basing it off of the line right now at 12 and a half. I think the Chiefs cover on a touchdown that puts them away and the Steelers can't bounce back. I'm picking the Chiefs 30 the Steelers 17. I want to do it. I want to do it so bad uh, because I think that Donnie's guys on the PM team would appreciate it. I just can't, I can't pick them. Uh, and I, I want to be, I want to be wrong. Uh, I think all of us want to be wrong. I think we'd love to see the Steelers win this game. And, and if the Steelers do win this game to be very clear, I think they've got a shot in Tennessee, like a real shot in Tennessee, uh, if they are able to beat Kansas City, even if Derrick Henry is to return, uh, because I just don't think that Ryan Tannehill is as good of a quarterback as people are, are giving him the credit for uh, this year. I just don't think it's going to happen. I think the Steelers are in this game for the bulk of it. Uh, I think the defense plays well enough, forces a turnover or two, and the, the Steelers don't cough it up too often. Uh, and be that more than the Chiefs cough it up in this game. I think the turnover battle is close. 
I think this game is close into the fourth quarter. I just don't think uh, right now I can't, I'm, I'm like pony. I can't, I can't get off that Island of the Steelers are going to keep it close, but I can't pick them to win. I can't get off the Island along with a lot of other people uh, in Pittsburgh right now. So give, give me the chiefs to win. I don't think they'll cover the 12 and a half points. I just think it's too many points in a playoff game in the national football league. And then I could be wrong, um, but I'll take Kansas city to win. Uh, by a final score of 27 to 20 over the Pittsburgh Steelers. I think the Steelers are able to get something going offensively. They get a first half touchdown. And again, they keep us around, but it's ultimately Patrick Mahomes making a few more plays than Ben Roethlisberger does in this game. And Ben's career comes to an end at Arrowhead Stadium. Or maybe we'll get lucky and Chris Boswell kicks six field goals and the Steelers will win 18 to 12 like they did the last time, or 18-15, whatever it was, uh, in Kansas City. Uh, I think that's la- the last playoff win for Ben Roethlisberger, if I'm not mistaken. Uh, so maybe maybe that does happen. Who knows? Uh, but the Steelers and the Chiefs on Sunday night on NBC. And if Chris Collinsworth is indeed the one that's calling the game, hopefully he's not rooting for a playoff tie because those don't exist. Uh, this has been Episode 104 of the Come On Network podcast and our latest Steelers preview. Hoping, like I said last week, that it's not the last one of the season, but it very well could be. Uh, If so, we'll have Steelers' reaction to the the playoff game against Kansas City coming up at the beginning of next week. And then we're going to try for uh, a couple of guests for the Steelers' autopsy of the season after that comes to a close. And that'll be uh, well after the season ends, probably about a week out. Uh, of the season coming to an end Uh, but you can tell your friends they can find us on whatever podcast platforms they listen to uh, apple spotify google anchor there are many more you can follow us on social media we're on twitter and instagram at come on network but until next time stay safe here we go Steelers, and come on You're still here? It's over. Go home. Go.